Well, hello. And welcome. Hey. And welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Banter with Jabisa and Tracy or Banter with Tracy and Jabisa. What's today, Tracy? It is Saturday, March the 6th, 2021. Okay. I have to say it again. When we were like in seventh and eighth grade and fourth and fifth grade and you said 2021, you're like, oh my God, we'll be so old. Yes. That's going to be, yes! <laughs> 50? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yep. I remember thinking, I said, people are going to be riding around in cars like on the Jetsons. <laughs> <laughs> we still using fossil fuel in our cars. <laughs> Not much has changed. <laughs> Not much has changed. Yeah, I think we've kind of been at a, other than technology-wise, we've been at a pretty steady clip. I think the Industrial Revolution was the biggest change, and then we just kind of, you know, yeah. keeping it in the road since then. We, we, we plateaued. Since <laughs> then, <laughs> we plateaued. We plateaued, yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the technology has changed incredibly, but other than that, everything else is pretty much everything the same. It's pretty much the same, yes. Yeah, that's funny. Same. All right, so we're going to dive cool. into um, um, the COVID vaccines. And Tracy mm-hmm. and I have been talking about that. And so I just had to do some research. Um, you've gotten your first shot. Is that correct? Yes, I got my first vaccine of the Moderna on Thursday. Now, did they... On Thursday, they and it went getting, fine. Did they tell, the you, did they tell mm-hmm. you you were getting Moderna? No, that's just all that they didn't tell. But when I signed up, that's what they said it was they were giving me. Okay, then. So, so unless they did those switcheroo when I was in there. Say it again. I said, unless they did the switcheroo when I was in there, it said Moderna. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Well, I haven't gotten my shot yet. So I've been, I, 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 first of all, let me be honest. I didn't really want to get the shot. I know I have to get it. And now um, in South Carolina, they are pushing for the teachers to get it. So um, hopefully I'll get it on Friday, but I really didn't, you know, I didn't know much. And I said, well, let me do my Mm -hmm. diligence and start doing some research. And so I'm sharing with you, our listening audience, what I've learned. And I will preface this by saying that the information that I'm going to share with you came from the CDC and Waxner's Medical Center in Ohio. So this isn't something that I made up and I didn't get it off of Facebook. Um, so you, uh, you yes, <laughs> a lot of people get stuff off of Facebook. Um, they do. And take it as fact. It's crazy. crazy. Yes, but go ahead. Exactly. Um, but the, this came from the CDC and like I said, Waxner Medical Center in Ohio, but you can always go and do your own research to see CDC has some really great information out there and they have it in English. Um, so I'm just going to start off by saying this, that the body is incredible. Our body is when you talk about the seven wonders of the world, really it is eight because our body is a, is, is, is a wonder. And, you know, all, all praise to God. He mm-hmm. really knew what he was doing when he was creating this. He um, did. He did, that he did, but our body is set up. It really is set up to fight um, diseases and viruses. And, and, it, and it does the best it can, it, it does the best that it can. But uh, clearly sometimes I think the vaccines are, are ways in, in helping that happen. So, um, so without going into the medical, um, and I couldn't if I wanted to, trying to explain how the body works to fight to, to, to 
diseases and infections and viruses. You know that it does. It's got a really neat system, mm -hmm. but apparently mm -hmm. sometimes it needs help. And that's when the vaccines come into play. So Pfizer, which I think Pfizer was the first one to come out, if I'm correct. Uh, Pfizer was the first one to come out with the vaccine. And so it requires two shots. They're 21 days apart. And um, the, the side effects are cold and, and flu-like symptoms. And I, you, you exhibited that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, and so they, their clinical trials show that it was 95% effective of preventing lab confirmed COVID illness. And because they were doing this in the lab. So, so people will say it's 95% effective of preventing COVID. Now their clinical trial study, because they had to study the, this on people, 80% of the participants were white, 82, I'm sorry, with Pfizer, 26 were Hispanic or Latinx, which surprised me, to be honest. I was really surprised that they had that large number. And then 10% was black and 4% was Asian. Um, the second vaccine that we have is Moderna. And so Moderna requires two shots as well, but there are 28 days apart. The symptoms are the same. They're cold-like, um, cold and flu-like symptoms. Their percentage of effectiveness is 94% effectiveness. Now with both Moderna and with um, Pfizer, um, there is not a large percentage or very small percentage of, of death even though you may have had the shot, you may be hospitalized and you, and you, may, and you may die. Very small percentage, but still in all, um, you know, that needs to be said. Um, their clinical trials were um, once again, similar to the participants were very much similar to Pfizer in that you had about 80% whites, 20% um, Latinx, Hispanic, 10% black and about 4% Asian. Um, and, um, then we move on to, and this is the other thing that I, I, I had to look up with both of those, because you have two shots, you're 52% protected is what they're saying, the kind of a figure at the first shot, but you have to get the second shot. If you miss this, if you don't get the second shot, it's a wash. So you have to get the second mm -hmm. shot. You are not, um, you're not a hundred percent protected until you get the second shot. And that's only two weeks after the second shot. So, so it takes longer for it to be effective with those two shots. So you're looking at 28 days plus two more weeks. So probably like a month and, and about a month or two weeks before you are hundred percent protected. You still need to wear a mask or 95% protected. I'm sorry. You still need to wear a mask. So don't think that you don't, you can't wear a mask. Um, so that, and then the last one, which is the Johnson and Johnson, which is the most recent, recently recent one that has been um, approved. And this is the other part, I'm not really sure. I think it's been approved because of the, the necessity, but I think normally it, that part I'm a little unclear about, but it's available, we'll say that. Mm -hmm. So the other shot that's available is the Johnson & Johnson. The Johnson & Johnson is a one-shot deal. It's one and done. Um, but their effectiveness of, of effectiveness of preventing lab-confirmed COVID-19 illness is only, nine, only 66%, whereas the other two are in their 90s. But those who have taken the Johnson & Johnson, based on the studies that they've done so far, um, people don't die. You know, you may get sick, but you don't die if you've had the Johnson & Johnson. Um, and then the Johnson & Johnson, it is effective two weeks after you take that one shot. So instead of waiting um, uh, 28 days plus two more weeks <laughs> to be 95% mm -hmm. effective, which still means that you're, you, you could get COVID, you're 65% right. um, protected from COVID in two weeks. 
still okay. got to wear a mask. You know, the mask thing doesn't change. Um, and then they said it may provide protection against asymptomatic infection. Now that part I wasn't, it didn't explain. So I don't know if it means if you're asymptomatic that it, you won't get it or if you're asymptomatic, mm -hmm. you won't give it to somebody. That part it didn't say, but it did say that. Now, I, what I found most in, interesting with the Johnson & Johnson was their clinical trial participants. They had 59% mm -hmm. of the participants were white. They had 45% of the participants were Latinx. They had 19% were blacks and they had 10% that were native Americans. And, and I think that to me is a little more um, representative of the people who are, well, I don't wanna say the people who are getting it, but it's a larger pool of, of your uh, people of color than the other two studies. Um, but once again, as I was mm -hmm. telling Tracy, I'm really interested in how they were able to get such a large percentage of the Latinx um, population to participate um, because they double black participation, although we all know that it hit the black community really hard, as well as it hit the Latino community really, really hard and the Native American community. So I think that Johnson and Johnson was very purposeful in trying to get those groups of people into their, their, um, into their clinical trials. Mm -hmm. um, and just like the other two, the symptoms are, flu, are cold and flu-like. The $50,000 question is, nobody knows how long the shot will last. So that's, you know, and there, there's no, um, I think because people are just now getting shots, <clears throat> there's no um, research that says how long it's gonna last. If you're gonna need a booster shot, it's, if it's gonna be a once a year shot, like the flu shot. Um, so I thought all that was interesting information I wanted to share because I needed to know this. And, and we have so much, so much information coming at us. I wanted to kind of pare it down to just make uh -huh. it something that, you know, we can easily take in and, but, the, but this is it. We don't really have a choice of the shot we get. So right. it's not like when you go get your shot and they say, which one do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was when I was listening to, I love NPR, I was listening to NPR and they had um, a representative, a doctor say that. He says, you know, when you go to get your flu shot, they don't ask you which flu shot you want. They give nope. you a flu shot because the flu shot works. Mm -hmm. And so in essence, all of these vaccines work. So so feel comfortable in knowing that no matter which one you get, it's going to be beneficial in helping right. to um, prevent the continuing spread of, of the virus. But mm -hmm. you have to continue wearing your mask. Yes. So my daughter asked this very good question. She says, if they lift up, if they were in South Carolina, because, you know, Texas has lifted their mask wearing um, whatever yeah. they had. In Mississippi. And they, I don't think they really wore masks in Texas. I'm just saying out loud. I could be completely wrong. But, um, but if they lift the mask wearing mandate in South Carolina next month, are you still gonna wear a mask, Tracy? Yes, I, of course, absolutely will still wear a mask. Yeah, and so we were talking about that, you know, and I really think that, um, well, I know I'll continue wearing a mask and I don't, but I don't know how much longer, you know, it's, I don't know if it's gonna be a year or it's gonna be two years, mm -hmm. um, but, but you know what, I think that, Dr. Fauci will be my God. He will be my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dr. Fauci has his mask on him. And let me tell you, um, is it Dr. Gupta on um, CNN? Yep. Sanjay Gupta. Yeah. Yep. Sanjay Gupta. Mm -hmm. yep. Sanjay Gupta. If, yep. if Dr. Fauci have their mask on, Jabit's going to go ahead and put yep. hers right on too. <laughs> yep. And when, yeah. and, when they, and when they take it to the bonfire and burn it, I'm going to burn mine with I'm them. I'm in too. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But then I don't know. Um, 
And I, you know, I've said this to you, when we went overseas, we traveled overseas to Hong Kong and Japan, people did wear masks there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the reality is I, we will still wear masks. Yes. Um, and not just because of COVID, but um, there was, I was reading on, I can't tell you where I was reading it on, but basically this woman was saying that normally she suffers from really bad allergies, but because mm -hmm. she's wearing her mask, her allergies haven't been so bad. Right. Um, well, I think that, you know, and people who know that they're sick, you know, will wear a mask because you know that you don't feel well, but you still want to go out. So I think that mm -hmm. we will still wear masks. I do, um, I do too. You know, but not like every moment that we step out the house. But I think out of mm -hmm. courtesy and consideration of others or for, mm -hmm. you know, for those who suffer from allergies, um, you know, the mask will be beneficial to continue wearing per periodically. So that'll be something that we will probably continue to do as we uh, move on. Mm -hmm. So, who that was heavy. <laughs> that was, that was, was a lot of, I learned a lot. I'm it glad was good information. It was great information. So we were talking earlier about, um, you know, how we're still in COVID, mm -hmm. you know, we're still in a pandemic, even though people act like we are not. And then um, I know last year when we went through the shutdown and everything started happening, I was very purposeful in maintaining a, a routine of getting up in the morning and getting dressed and spraying on perfume and combing my hair. Um, and I, you know, I had to make adjustments going to the grocery store. I remember um, one of the doctors said, you go in like a SWAT team, you know, you go in and you go out, you don't linger. And, you know, walking down the wrong mm -hmm. aisles, you know, they had the arrows and it's like, oh Lord, I'm doing the wrong way. <laughs> and, um, and just being kind of frightened, you know, um, we had gloves on and we were wiping everything down. And my husband was washing a pineapple and dishwashing mm -hmm. liquid. And, you know, <laughs> just trying to be safe. But for some people, and I think that's for you, Tracy, it was, <laughs> it was what? You went through a moment of mm -hmm. depression. Is that correct? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were depression trauma because I didn't like, unlike you, I did not like do my regular routine. I wasn't going to work, you know, into physically into work. So I roll out of bed, brush my teeth, comb my hair because, you know, of the zoomings people could see. But from like the neck up, I was there, but by my head, my pajamas on all the time. You know, I brushed, I brushed my teeth because that's just the way I was brought up. But, you know, showering, I wouldn't do that first thing in the morning. I just kind of wait on that and you know, other things that I just didn't do. I didn't put on perfume. I didn't put on makeup because, you know, you do that mostly because you're going out to present your face to the public. And I said, the, the public wasn't going to see me. So I just didn't, I didn't bother. It was, I was kind of, you know, sad just that it was so sudden that my normal routine was taken away like that. And I just had a bad reaction to it, but I call it, you know, COVID trauma, you know, the things that were traumatic for me, for me and I think for everybody, you know, so many businesses closing down, schools closing down, churches closing down, restaurants having to close down or in, you know, go to go orders only, or, um, you know, having people, if you were allowed to sit in, you'd have to sit in carefully. And that was scary because you know, like the waiter was carrying the virus. It was just very traumatic. Um, the stress, I think, and exposure for those considered to be essential workers was traumatic for them and their families. 
Physical distancing is a thing that Americans were not used to doing. We are used to being packed like sardines in, into any venue that we would go into. And so that was traumatic. Mask mandates, having to, having it, you know, you have to wear a mask because it was for your safety and the safety of those around you, but it was just something that we had never had to do. Traumatic. Um, the high death rate and high um, hospitalizations, that was traumatic. And, you know, because no one was really, like they would say how many people were dying, but we, we didn't get the chance to, and I, I don't, you know, know that we really have got the chance to digest that. Like over a half a million people that were living and would have still been living in since last February, March are not here anymore. And that's just a big trauma. It's a, it's a trauma. You're afraid that you're going to catch this thing. Am I going to be the one that's not going to have any symptoms or am I going to be on a ventilator or am I going to die? That's, it was trauma. And the, the no toilet paper, chicken, find chicken, cleaning products, rice, rice, <laughs> trauma. <laughs> and then the number one trauma, we were traumatized by our leader at the time, 45, did not approach this pandemic in, in a way that was responsible. He was irresponsible because he was ill-equipped to be a leader at, you know, at all. So I think that I should have listed that as the number one trauma. He traumatized us all. And we're, we are still reeling from his inadequate leadership. We are still, there are still a lot of people that won't wear masks because they politicize it. We're still, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't want to take the vaccine because he politicized it. Oh, that's so and, true. That is, oh, Tracy, I'm glad you said that. That is so, and yes. I think that it would not have been so traumatic mm -hmm. if you're right, if we had had the leadership that, that acknowledged what was going on and then was comforting to those who, who had lost loved ones. I don't think he, right. I think maybe one time in, in kind of a, 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 a half-ass, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word, way yeah. acknowledge that people, you know, that people lost loved ones, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I'll be honest, I wasn't not, a, I was not a Joe Biden person. I was get Trump out. I, I, but when, yes. when Joe Biden spoke at the national democratic convention, mm -hmm. I was sold. I was, yep. sold. this was a man who, who was number one, just kind of a regular guy. And, and people say that about him, but he really is in yeah. that his, his experiences are the things that every day, everybody experienced. And he acknowledged the loss. Mm -hmm. you know, he, he acknowledged did. that people have lost loved ones. And that really does he matter. Did. Um, he did. And, you know, he's come into a, a really difficult situation, but I give him kudos because that man came in and he said, we're going to vaccinate these people. We're going to get mm -hmm. the best vaccine out here and he is by god he is doing that he's, doing, he's getting it done he is he is, he really is getting it done and i think people are not giving him the credit that he deserves for stepping into a shit show yes yes and taking it on and and taking it on and one of the things that you have to admire leaders who step into and, and president obama did the same thing mm -hmm. who step into a, a, a economy a situation where you know it's bad you know it's, mm -hmm. it's one thing to walk into a, a great situation you know mm -hmm. it's any kind of job you walk in 
they've already established some things. There's some norms. Things are going well. You know, the company's making money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an easy thing to walk into. If, if I work in education, so you walk into a school, it's already a blue ribbon school. You know, right. that's an easy thing. Because basically, all you got to do is keep your hands on the wheel and keep the gas on the car and keep it right. rolling. Yes. When you come into a wreck. Yes. <laughs> and you yes. Gotta, you got to take that 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 wrecked car and try to rebuild it. And mm-hmm. walk into those situations knowing that they're walking into a wreck. Mm-hmm. I have to commend him. You know, you, I do too. I do too. The fact that he's coming in, like you said, he's coming to a wreck, a wrecked car situation. He doesn't just have to drive and keep the gas. He had to come into a wrecked car situation, pull bodies out of it, get the body work done on the car, get it fixed, put it back on the road, see if it'll go. It that's a lot. And that's a lot. and the thing that you said about him too that I like, you know, he's a regular a regular guy, literally a regular Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd appreciate that. They say it all the time though. But um so yay. And I I go to bed at night not um as worried, but I also have am more I am still for, I'll be honest, I stepped back for a little bit, but now I'm starting to read the news because I need to pay attention. Yeah. Because there's still congressional races that are coming up that we need to pay attention to. Yes. And what what this, this um, election cycle has shown me is that, you know, it's not just the president, you know, we think mm-hmm. it's Trump, but those Congress people. Right. Also um, not of the mindset that America is great with all of the people that are here. That's correct. You know, so so we have to be mindful. Tim Scott runs in two years and Tim yeah. Scott will not win, Tracy. That's going to be our job. He's not, he will not. Jabisa, whatever I have to do, he's not going to win. Yeah. I, and I've got something on that for a future show, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, so. All right, so that so that that was our whole COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hope people are are resting a little easier, um, making adjustments. And and you know we tried to we've tried to in the past look at some of the positives that, that have come out. And and you know we've talked about people cooking more. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Self care is really big. <laughs> people are caring for themselves. Uh-huh. Um, so you know there are some things that but but they by no me- means outweigh the loss and and that we had of of family members and you know what i would trade the stress and the lack of self-care and the eating out to having all of those people back in back yes in a minute yeah in a minute so um so for those of you who have lost family members our deepest sympathies um in that regards because i know that it is tough to turn around and and look for someone to be there or look for a call or wait for a call and 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 not be able to have that that call. So I mm-hmm. I think the same for those people. Yeah. Okay. So now okay. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to, we just finished up Black History Month in February. So um I was gonna talk a little bit about a series of, of called Soul of a Nation. And it is airing on ABC. The shows come on, it started the second. And so I'm recording. I haven't had a chance to watch them yet. But they're, the, the series is set to, to talk about the Black experience in this country. And so I find some couple things interesting about that. The fact that they have it on prime time and it's not like on PBS 
or something they've got on a prime time network. And Jabisa and I were talking about it earlier that there are so many, like back when Roots came out, you know, you only had like the three networks. So you were kind of captive or you just turn the TV off. Yeah. But now there are so many other things that you can look at. And so they put it on ABC in a primetime slot to capture a bigger, more diverse audience. But my concern is like, if it's not your story, will other non-Black people be inclined to tune, tune into it? I just want to know like what the ratings are going to be. I'm going to look that up after the series is over to see if they indeed get the audience that they were looking for. But the stories, um, you know, they talk, they talk about black murders, um, you know, Ahmad, Rihanna, George Floyd, and the countless others who still have, you no know, justice has not been seen in any of those cases. And some of them aren't even cases anymore. Um, they, it's black storytelling, entertainment, they got singing, they talk about black history. I mean, it's just so much. It, it's and then they um, are themed. Like some of the themes are reckonings. That's the first one. Black joy, joy and pain in the kitchen. I really don't want to know what that one is. That's later on in the series. And and they also said that they used black people to narrate or to yes to be the face of it, like Common, Sterling K. Brown, because there are black people that were used to seeing John Legend that like everybody's used to seeing because, you know, Sterling K. Brown is on the show Us. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows John Legend and Common. You know, they, they, these are Black faces that aren't, that a more diverse audience will recognize. So they, you know, put some, you know, thing, they put a, a lot into it. And the thing that I like most about it, it was done by Black people for Black people. Now I'm sure that there were like white people probably in the editing room or someplace, but for the most part, it was a black American or, you know, venture. Like it was done by black folks. So I'm thinking it should be authentic. But if you are so inclined, do catch Soul of a Nation. The next episode will be coming on Tuesday the 9th, 10 p.m. ABC. Oh, ooh, why so late? You know, 10 30 is my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, do, do you can you record it? I can't like, record, but I, I can figure out. How to go back and but I, I agree, Tracy. I think that'll be interesting because what happens is when we have these kind of programs, um, it is it it I don't want to say segregated, but for the lack of a better term, it, it means that one group of people are, are watching it. So when they do like the history of the Native Americans, like I really should watch that. Yes. But I don't. So I mm -hmm. think as we're talking about it, it's coming to me as we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. In the future, when they do these kind of programs, they got to put everybody in there because yeah. basically everybody's had that same experience. Right. You know, so when you talk about um, the, the killing of, of Black people, then you have to talk about the killing of Native Americans. Yes. Or you, you can talk about, when you talk about the miseducation of Black people, you have to talk about the miseducation of Native Americans. Did you yes. know that they would take Native American kids from their their reservations, put mm -hmm. them in boarding schools mm -hmm. and try to take away their their culture, their heritage, their, yes. their language. Mm -hmm. That white is always right thing. Yes. So, um, I would love to see, and I don't know who, maybe we can tweet this to somebody, that uh -huh. they make that kind of programming that it is inclusive because everyone has an experience that can be shared. 
That's um, right. The, the um, Asian Americans, you know, suffered from segregation as well, which probably has to do mm-hmm. with you have Chinatowns in every major city. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I, I think that that way you will be able to have a broader audience and everyone who watches can have an exposure to something maybe they didn't, they weren't aware of. Before, so yeah. An idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, is a, that is very good. And if you do something like that, then you're, you're I think you're, the chances of you getting a broader audience because Asian people will watch because there's an Asian part and they just might catch the Black, Indian, and Latinx part. And the Black people will watch to catch the Black part, but they will also catch the Asian, Latinx, you know, will everybody will there will be something for everybody and maybe we will sit through the whole thing instead of like if you know once you watch this one i'm gonna turn out turn it off because my part is over but but we'll sit through the whole thing because it's interesting yes um yes it is it is but you know what jabisa i do watch um different things like because i um when they were talking about the chinese building the railroads and on the in the pacific they all those workers were i didn't realize that that was the story I learned on like some news program. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, the, the, um, I don't know if you knew the skyscrapers in New York, mm-hmm. the, a lot of the people who worked really high up there were native mm-hmm. Americans. Really? It was a particular tribe of native Americans that worked on the skyscrapers mm-hmm. in New York. Why? 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 Because why, why, why was it native American? I'm, I don't know that I don't remember the the history, but there, whatever it was, they had the skill set. I guess it was okay up there and and, and walk across those beams. And yeah, a picture of the the people sitting on the beam eating lunch, which just makes my stomach drop. I'm just thinking. Me too. Oh, Me too. Um, but yeah, I, I remember reading that. There's a I want to say there's a there's a children's book about it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. So yeah, there there is there is all these contributions that these different groups have made that we you know we just don't know about. Um, mm-hmm. And I do watch stuff with dif- dif- different people. Tracy knows that. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I, absolutely does. <laughs> I, I would definitely be the one to watch the ones about the Native Americans or what have mm-hmm. you. But I think that we have to stop seg- segmenting groups of people and combine them when we yeah. do these presentations because we've all had those similar experiences. It, mm-hmm. it, the shape may be a little bit different, but the experiences of exclusion, the yeah. experience of um, being treated um, differently because of your, your race or color, mm-hmm. that's the same. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. That, so if there's somebody who hears this idea, just give us some credit. That's all. <laughs> yay, yay. yay. All right. Now, um, I wanted to jump into um, the Dr. Seuss. Um, Dr. Seuss scandal. The skit, <laughs> Dr. Seuss scandal. Da, 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 da. Um, because I'm a librarian. Now, mm-hmm. I, let me preface this. I've never been a huge Dr. Seuss fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never cared for made up words. That's my biggest thing with him. You know, he, I can't use this in a real sentence. It doesn't make any sense. There's 15 consonants and I don't know how to pronounce it. So. <laughs> So for that reason, outside of green eggs and ham, mm-hmm. and um, I like green eggs and ham, red fish, um, red fish, blue fish. Red fish, blue fish, red yeah. fish, blue yeah, fish. Yeah, that one, thank you. And um, Cat in the Hat. Those are, yeah. those are my three go-to Dr. Seuss books. Um, right. So, I, so I'm not, a, I've never been a big Dr. Seuss fan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I thought it was interesting when they, you know, when they were talking about pulling his books. And so I had to go online. I was like, well, what are they talking about? Now, if you know anything about um, Dr. Seuss, he was, he was somewhat of a racist. <laughs> Say he was, he was absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was a racist. He, you know, he had no children, which is ironic. You know, when you think of kids' books, he had absolutely no kids. He didn't, he didn't birth not one child. Um, but so, so I had to go because one of the books they named was If I Ran the Zoo, and we, we celebrate Read Across America, Dr. Seuss Day in our school. You know, we do a whole big production and um, we, you know, I, we have activities tied into one of his books. So when I, I was like, oh my God, I did. If I ran a zoo, oh Lord, what did I do? And so I had to go back. And, and the thing that they talked about that was, stere it was stereotypical or racist was there is a, a page in the book where um, and if you know, if I ran a zoo, basically it's all these different animals that are in the zoo. And there's a, there's a page where it is um, two, it's like four Asians carrying a cage like on their heads. And then there's a white man on top of that. Um, and you know, that kind of portrayal of a, a, an Oriental or an Asian with the white man kind of dominating over him. Um, and I thought, well, you know, yeah, that, as a little kid who may have be of Asian descent, even though he was born in, in Anderson, South Carolina and had a Southern accent, that might, that might make you uncomfortable. Um, and then if I, it, it says, um, to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which is one of his first books, you know, once again, it, it was a stereotypical um, um, representation of an Asian with slanted um, eyes and yellow skin. Um, mm -hmm. So, so I, I have not deleted the books from our library. I haven't deleted them and I won't delete them. But I, I'm trying to figure out how you can incorporate or include or acknowledge that these things are in the book. I think that we have to acknowledge that these things are in the book and that that, that is not how we view this particular group of people. I think that as educators and the, as the librarians, we have to point that out, you know, that that was a wrong or misrepresentation of a group of people. But I think pulling the book and acting like it doesn't exist is not fair. Um, there is this book called Jefferson and the Mom and the Mom the Mom the Mammoth Hunt. The big mammoth, the big mammoth? Mammoth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jefferson and the Mammoth Hunt. I'm trying, I'm trying to get it out. Um, and so it's it, which I didn't know. So Thomas Jefferson was interested in, you know, dinosaur bones, basically. And digging them up and putting them together, and apparently he put them together sometimes right, sometimes wrong. <laughs> oh, that's not right. Um, but it was a, a thing of his. So in the book, you know, it's a great little story. In the book, if you read the book, they have black characters in the book, but the black characters in the book appear to be equal to the white characters. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of the book, there's an, an acknowledgement that they have a whole page where they talk about, you know, Jefferson and the things he did. And they talk about the fact that he had slaves. And I want to say that, the, that he had kids with Sally Hemmings. I want to say that that's in there as well. But the image has already been set. And so, and that's the thing that we have to remember when we're presenting images. Because if I'm a kid and I know a little bit about history, 
and I know a little bit about Thomas Jefferson and I know a little bit about, about slavery, I'm looking at the book and those black people look the same as the white people. They're they dressed do. the same as the white people. Yep. You know, they're they're over there in the book that it's like he's having a, a um like an open house showing the dinosaur. Mm -hmm. And so the you know, the black people, the, the black man's helping put the dinosaur together, they mm -hmm. have the same clothing on. Right. So those images matter. And I think that's, you know, we talk about Dr. Seuss, those images matter. There are mm -hmm. things that Dr. Seuss did I thought that were really great. Yes. Um, the Lorax was a, an environmentalist book. I mean, he right. talked about the dangers of us not taking care of the planet. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that um, he probably realized that I need to catch kids early. This needs mm -hmm. to be a book for kids so that they can understand the impact that they have on the planet so they don't make the mistakes that we've made as, a, as adults. Right. So in, in those respects, he, he, was, he was brilliant. Yes. Incredibly brilliant yeah. in trying to catch it. So those images that we show kids have to be true images. Mm -hmm. The issue becomes, and I think it's more of an issue for white people than black people. I think that as a black parent, my kids, well, we're honest about what slavery looked like. Right. We were very yes. honest about it. We were honest about mm -hmm. what a lynching was. Right. Um, right. We, we didn't try to, to wait till it was whatever age appropriate it is. You know, not, not my child didn't see a lynching at the age of three, but we, we don't hide from right. those if those didn't exist. And so, you know, that's, I think for, for white people more, and I could be wrong, I'm speaking from my personal experience. I think for them, mm -hmm. it's always uh, uh, age appropriateness, but I think part of it is the guilt because you don't it want is. to show your seven-year-old a lynching where everybody is white watching yes. the lynching. Watching. And another yes. seven-year-old is in that picture and a black man is hanging there because right. that makes you look bad. It does. That That's makes you as a white person because as a, a kid will ask, a kid will say, mm -hmm. why are all the white people watching that black man hanging on a tree? Yeah. A kid mm -hmm. will ask those things. Right, right. And now you have to explain to that kid Mm -hmm. Why all of these white people are standing there and this black man is hanging. Right. And right. You don't want to explain that. You don't want to explain that. You don't want to you explain don't. That. And one thing too that I found from my experiences too, and this is my experiences, white people tend to romanticize, especially in the South, romanticize that period of time. Yeah. Like back in the good old days, make America great again. That's their yeah. They're romanticizing that thing. That period in time they just gloss it over like you know I've heard some white women refer to Sally Hemings and um Thomas Jefferson as a love affair oh yeah which it was not to me a love affair in my opinion is two consenting adults meaning both people both parties have a say in what's going to be going on in the relationship and she did not have that so they romanticize that like oh he just loved her Mm. if he loved her if he loved her he would have let her be free but he, yep. he let her be free she was out she was gonna be free <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was gonna say oh it's been so real gotta go yeah, thank so, you very much so yeah you're right yeah, they have they have you're very they do romanticize it they make and it then I'll, i've heard them say they, they call the civil war the war of northern aggression <laughs> yes <laughs> they completely overlook the fact that they just seceded from the union <laughs> That's I said that kills me. <laughs> the history is 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 based on who gets to, who gets pinned to paper. Who gets to tell it. That's right. Who gets, who gets to, to tell it? it? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. but you're, you're very right. And, that, and the results of that are still felt today. You know, people- To this very day, Jesus, and it's, it's just, oh, sometimes it's just overwhelming. It, it can be, it can be, but we're not gonna let that overwhelm us today. We are not gonna let that overwhelm nope, us. We're today. not, we're not. And I've got one more thing, cause I know we're running on, um, but it is Women's History Month, the month of March. And oh, on Monday, March 8th is International Women's Day. And it's a global day celebrating the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. And there are many, quiet as it's kept. Um, the day also marks a call to action for accelerating gender parity. Significant activities worldwide as groups come together to celebrate women rally and rally for women's equality. So their campaign theme this year is choose to challenge. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that nice? I like that. Anyway, so they have um, International Women's Day missions. There are six points. Celebrate tech women and innovation. Applaud equality for women in sports. Educate women on health choice decisions. Build inclusive workplaces so women thrive. Increase visibility of women creatives and forge women's empowerment worldwide. Now that's wow. a that's a heavy load. <laughs> but it's doable. It's, it's doable. doable and we need to do it. And if anybody can do it, it's women. Women can do it. You know what I did not realize until recently is that there are a number of, and this is a quietly kept secret, mm-hmm. even these women who own businesses. Yes. Yes. Jabisa, and you know, we could say that because we're women, we're biased, but I really do think that women are awesome, amazing leaders. Like men, because men put this on us, like this was their, what do you call when you put some on somebody else? Like they impose this on us, but they say we're too emotional oh, to yeah, yeah. make good decisions and things like that. I disagree. I think if that's true, and, and the way they say emotional, it's a, it's a negative, it's a, it's a jab. Yeah, it Yes, but I think because of our emotions, it makes us better leaders because we're em- empathetic, yeah, sympathetic, and we see things like not just you know as black and white. Like there are shades of gray. Think we are better at um, compromising because we have to do it all the time in this men- in the in a man's world. So I think women just are better leads better leaders. We can see things. I won't say more clearly, but we can just see more things. I can't really put it into words what I'm trying to say. But we, uh, well, we, I, I, I think I've our, our, view is, broader spectrum. our view is wider. I think in addition to yeah. that, I think one of the things that women do well is we are co- we are collaborative and cooperative. We, yes. we will work together. We And mm-hmm. I think that's something, you know, where a man's like, I'm going to dig this ditch and I don't need your help. And I'm like, girl, can you come help me dig this ditch? <laughs> Because we realize yes. that that our strength is in our numbers, and that yes. I think women have a, a desire to um, to to get. I think our thing is to get it done. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I just need to get it done. And if I don't know how to do it, I need to find somebody that's going to help me do it. Um, exactly. One of the things that my husband and I are different at doing is like he'll try to figure it out maybe the right way, and I'm like, okay, that's not working. So I just need to get it to work. So if I need to rig it mm-hmm. to get it to work, then I can rig it to get right. it to work. But I think our our um, 
I thought processes are different, but I think they are in general have to think about more than just themselves whenever we're doing something, you know? So yes, we're looking for a new car, Tracy. I'm looking for a car for mm. my daughter. I'm looking for a car for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is this going to be good yeah. for my parents? You know, so uh-huh. I'm trying to take all these things into account. It's not just like the car. Like if I wanted a car just that I wanted, it would be, it would be a Beetle. I would buy me right. a Beetle. But uh-huh. I can't buy me a Beetle right now. So, uh-huh. you know, but I have to, I, so I take all these things into consideration. So yeah, I do agree. I do agree that women, mm-hmm. but sometimes let's be honest. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's tell the truth. There's been some sucky some sucky female bosses now. Some oh yes, that, well, just just like in men, you know, there's some good male leaders and some you know good female. Not everybody is is not everybody is perfect, but I think for the most part, women are better leaders. And I think too, we don't suffer from like the uh, what do you call the men ego? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. But, yeah you know, I, there are some women with egos. Absolutely. Be so caught up in ego that we will let something just go to the wayside because my ego is so caught up in it. Like not for a prime example, not acknowledging that you lost a race that you clearly lost. <laughs> and both in. Because your ego just can't face it. Your ego just cannot take it. So yeah, women, I don't think a, a woman was like, and we, and we did have that as a clear example. When Hillary Clinton lost in what's called, she could have showed up behind. She really could have. She didn't. But she did. She didn't. She mm-hmm. said, okay, the people have spoken. Mm-hmm. I respect, I respect yeah. those words. I respect, yeah. mm-hmm. let, let it keep it rolling. Let me go home and, and, and take care of my yep. house and enjoy myself. And yep. My, my mm-hmm. daughter will make some grandbabies. <laughs> yep, yep and do food. other things. Yeah. Yep. She, I'm just gonna do other things, and she and she has been, and she has been, and yep. Did you notice how she was really quiet too in this political? Like you didn't hear her a whole lot. I follow her on Instagram, so she would post some things, but she was never a presence. Like she didn't talk at the convention and I think that was I think that was a wise move because she was such a polarizing figure she unselfishly yes and unegotistically if that's a word stayed out of the fray because she knew it was better for the for the party as a whole if she did that that's unselfish that's 45 is not going to be like that Republican he's going to be in everybody thing that'll let him in he's going to be right there messing it up prayerfully if if God is willing and if God has our backs on this, messing it up for him. <laughs> well, that's, I didn't, I didn't pray for it that way. I was more he go to jail, but yeah, that too. <laughs> One of them cases gets him in there. One of them cases. All right. <laughs> last, last bit of information before we close out with our quote is um, we, we try to feature or we've not try, we feature black businesses. Um, each program. And so if you're here in Columbia, South Carolina, and you're looking for a, a event place, a place to hold, to host an event, um, you can go to, uh, the gala is what it's called. I want to say it's, it's the JW gala. There we go. That's the mm-hmm. correct. Um, it's an event facility. It's located in the Northeast side of, um, town here in Columbia, South Carolina, beautiful facility, over 18,000 square feet, several rooms, um, all the amenities, um, but it is black owned. So yay. 
Um, so that's if you're looking to plan something in the future, um, weddings, um, anniversary events, retirements, um, parties, things like that, and you're looking for a facility to host it or have it at as opposed to your home or someplace else, just keep them in mind. And Tracy, do you have our word mm-hmm. of wisdom today? I do today. I this is my favorite part um, of the show. I just want to say that. Oh, dude, that's a lot of pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, living your naked truth will always disturb those living well-dressed lies. Ooh. And I don't know who wrote that, but that was on Viola Davis's Instagram. I thought that was fast. <laughs> <laughs> you always say, say it twice. Say it twice. I said, yeah. Living your naked truth will always disturb those living well-dressed lives. I like that. And on that note, I did. (laughs) Good night until next time. Bye. Bye.